podcast. Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pumping Up the Podcast. I'm your host, Elise Eldridge, and today we're going to be breaking down Season 2, Episode 9 of Hannah Montana. It's Achy Jakey Heart Part 1. I'm so excited to have finally gotten to this point, and I decided to invite back my boyfriend, Rick, to talk about these two episodes with me. Uh, since the last time he was on the show was Jake Ryan's last appearance. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get right to it. Okay. Aki Jakey Heart Part 1. <laughs> Were you excited to uh, see the return of Jake Ryan? I don't know about excited. <laughs> At least I knew who he was. <laughs> That's true. Uh, he was off filming a movie, I believe it was in Australia, and he took over for Frankie Munez. That was, like, the big deal when he left before. I'm actually very confused about his level of celebrity here. Mm -hmm. Because as we saw, he was in a movie called uh, Teen Gladiators and the Sword of Fire. Mm -hmm. So is he an action star? Because he's, like, 15. Right. So, but his main TV show is like an action show because he's on Zombie High. That's what it's called, I think. So, I think all of the acting he's done thus far has been action. But he's awfully young. Like, what's the real life version of this guy? Yeah, are we meant to believe that it's Frankie Munoz because that's who he took over for? I kind of don't think so. (laughs) I don't think Frankie Munoz was ever in an action movie. Unless you count Agent Cody Banks. Some might. He was, Some he might was in that movie about soapbox racing. <laughs> that's, that's your main frame of reference for Frankie Munoz. You love, you love to talk about the soapbox movie he did. I think you talked about it the last time you were on this show. I may have. <laughs> it's kind of an action movie. Well, we're yeah. off topic. I... I what what's like a recent teen action movie? Like what like Hunger Games? Yeah, maybe he's like the boy from Hunger Games. He's like Liam Hemsworth, Miley Cyrus's ex husband. Ooh. <laughs> Intrigue. I guess. <laughs> so this episode and the next episode, I am reasonably confident they are the episodes of Hannah Montana I've seen the most. I loved these episodes when they first came out. I thought they were so great. <laughs> And I will say, I think the jokes in these episodes are pretty good for the most part. Every once in a while, there's like a very weird one that's out of place, but the like overall caliber of the jokes is pretty high. I don't think the actual stories hold up as well, but I think the episodes are entertaining. I noticed this one had like almost no B-plot. It was very focused on the story. Well, the Jackson and Oliver stuff. That's all the B-plot. Yeah, but that was like... That was... 90 seconds. Comparatively, that was a pretty big B-plot. When you compare it to some more recent ones. I guess. (laughs) The stakes are a little different, you know. Yes. They're inventing like cheese jerky. Yes. I remember cheese jerky so well. I was like very excited to get to cheese jerky. Uh... Because I've always remembered their, like, little song that they sing about cheese jerky. I have a a note here that I wrote down during that segment. It was, um, 
lots of bad acting. <laughs> uh, actually, that's that's on Emily Osmond as well. Oh. This was a rough one for them. <laughs> I see. <laughs> they have a lot of jokes on the show where basically someone makes a silly face at the camera, and mm-hmm. that's the joke. That's the punchline. That's line. the entire joke. But you're relying on, like, these children to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So... Getting into the actual stuff that happens, we open with Lily reading a teen magazine. There's there's an article in the teen magazine that says that Hannah Montana is actually a boy who has a mustache. Sure. In this scene, half of Lily's hair is curly and half of it is straight, but it's not like 50-50. It's like her under layer is curly and her top layer is straight. Uh, big hair experimentation. There's a lot of weird show. hair on the show. I also have a note. I forgot. Jake's hair is the worst in this, this episode. This is my note. I forgot how bad the boy haircuts are. <laughs> they're all bad. <laughs> Including Robbie Ray. Yeah, though they're all bad. <laughs> they're all terrible. Every boy has shoulder length hair. Mm-hmm. And it's all weird. Yes. So, the... Next item in the magazine is that Jake Ryan is back in town for the premiere of his movie. And it's apparently the same movie that he left to go film. But, like, a lot of time has passed. Like, Miley's in high school now. And, you know, Jackson had a friend and all this, whatever. So, Miley says that Jake could fall out of the sky wearing a tuxedo and she wouldn't care. And then he promptly does that. He, like, parachutes onto the beach, which, what a way to make an entrance. (laughs) Like, he could have just driven to the beach and walked up because he knew he'd be there because that's where they exclusively hang out. Yeah, it was a little much. Mm Mm-hmm. His suit is interesting. He has, like, a peach-colored vest and tie with it. Anyway. <laughs> so the sequence they open with where they're talking about, there's like a tabloid article that's like, Hannah Montana's a man. Yeah. And like, ooh, she's a pretty man or whatever. Yeah. I made the note, you know, you've been watching a lot of Friends lately. Yes. And they have a lot of like, the joke is like, oh, gay thing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and they look at each other like, oh, I'm, I'm so uncomfortable. And yeah. that's the joke. That was like the exact same cadence. Yes. Of a Friends homophobia joke. You're correct. I... There were a couple things in this like, episode that reminded similar. me of Friends. Eerily similar. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, because it's like this whole thing where Lily, Miley's like, oh, I'd date me. And then Lily goes, me too. And then they give each other a look and are like, ugh, awkward. It's, it's the exact same look that Joey and Chandler give each exactly, other. Exactly, yes. Exactly the same look. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because it's, you're completely <laughs> right. You're 100% right. And there's there's another moment in this that reminds me of Friends in a more obvious way, but we'll get to it. Um, <laughs> but in any case, Jake is there. He uh, gets down on his knees and has a rose, and he holds out his hand, and like a, another tiny parachute comes down, and it's got a box of chocolates, which I just... How long do you think he spent planning this? Was he, like, planning this the whole time he was off filming this movie? Because, like, this logistically would have been difficult to pull off to have the chocolate drop at the exact right time and to like there's also why i'm confused i'm like what is the wealth fame power level of this guy because <laughs> like that's a crazy stunt but also like if he's like brad pitt famous like why aren't they getting mobbed by a crowd 100 percent of the time and i know they're like they have well, to like, have a story and like a show well 
that's kind of foreshadowing what you just said because we're going to watch part two after this and the whole Jake is super famous thing is like the main plot point of episode two. So put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. He's, he's very famous. I'll say that. And it's, they haven't done this on the show in a while, but towards the start of the show, they really made a point to like any time that Hannah was anywhere, she would get completely mobbed. And so they established that to like really hammer home. Like this is why it's a secret yeah, so that then, she can have a normal life without being mobbed at school, like Jake did. Now it's getting confusing, because now Jake is just famous in public, and it's like, seems like this would be a lot easier for her to just to be like him. Because <laughs> it seems fine for him. He's doing pretty good. I would say, again, put a pin on that. Right. And we'll talk about that uh, with the next episode. But, so, Jake is like, yeah, Miley, don't you want to take me back? I'm, I'm here. I, I brought you a rose and chocolates. And she's like, oh, wow, thanks. And then drop, like, dumps an entire smoothie over his head. Yeah. And walks away. And she's still very mad that he kissed her, despite knowing that he was about to skip town for several months. That's, I guess, a big thorn in her side. Personally, I don't know if I would care that much. Seems a little petty. Like, she's she's dated here and there throughout this time. It's not like he was like, wait for me, you know? Yeah. He's just asking to have, like, a fair shot with her. But she's not into this. And so the next scene after the intro, uh, we're back at the Stewart house, and Jake has sent, like, 300 different gift baskets to her. Uh, there's, like, muffins, mini jellies, uh, steaks. The steaks are a big part <laughs> of this. They come up a lot that he sent these, like, marbled T-bone steaks. But Lily enters. She found a giant cardboard cutout of Jake in the driveway. He's wearing a shirt that says, I heart Miley. She's still not impressed. And then Jake then arrives... And he is wearing a suit of armor, and it's, like, it's, like, clanging as he moves. Because <laughs> yeah, the only humor we can get in the show, mostly, is sight gags and slapstick. Yes. <laughs> Anytime we, we get beyond that, it's a, it's a pleasant surprise. Yeah. I don't think I would want somebody to, like, be dressed as a knight. I don't think I'd be like, wow, what a sweet gesture to, like, rent a cheap costume I don't know. He's he's at the end of his rope here, I guess. I'm sure that in he would have actually rented a nice costume, but that's the best one they had in the Disney Channel prop department. Yes. <laughs> it did look like shit. <laughs> it, it didn't look good. The shield he had like had like a chunk out of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. it 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 seemed very hard for him to walk in. Although I I did notice like. Cody Lindley, who plays Jake, I could tell he was, like, really trying not to laugh every time he had to walk in that scene because it just was, like, so loud. So Jake makes what I think is a very valid point, which is that Miley has yelled at him and dumped things on him, but she hasn't actually said that she doesn't care about him. She just is, like, acting out because she's still hurt. And I'm like, well, you know, Jake could try apologizing with words as opposed to trying to buy her affection, but... Miley's like, okay, yeah, fair point. I do care about you, but it really sucked. And let's just let's just start with tonight, basically. And Jake is like, oh, 
can't do tonight. Uh, have my movie premiere, and I am, for like the millionth time, fake dating a co-star. You would think your fans would catch on by now that it's a pattern. I know, and I have a question about this. Yes. So, why do they have so many subplots about really young, like 14, 15-year-old actors being forced to have relationships for publicity? Because, like we were talking about, like, what is the Jake Paul real-life analog? If anything, the closest analog is, like, Disney Channel stars. Yeah. So, are you telling on yourself? Like, (laughs) there have been lots of public relationships between Disney Channel 16-year-olds. It's like... That's true. You know? That's true. Yeah, because it it does... This is, like, the second or third time that this has come up, where it's like Jake has to fake date somebody. Like, they're old Hollywood stars in the 50s. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, Hedda Hopper's got to know the scoop about our... (laughs) Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall and their thingamajig, you know, it's... It's like, they're children. Yeah, that's true. They're like 15. Yeah. Yeah, Miley even says in this episode that she's still 14. Yeah, she's specifically. And then also, the like, red carpet guys, like, when did you know you were in love? Is like, they are little kids. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you on that. That's not a, don't ask them that. Yeah, the word love gets thrown around a lot in this episode, and I was like, really? And it's like, <laughs> like these kids are so young, like, it's not even like. It's not like it means anything. Well, it's not even conservative if their parents were like, you can't date. Right. You're 14. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, in the episode, like, two episodes before this, like, Lily has, like, a pretty serious boyfriend, but her boyfriend is, like, cheating on her with, like, another girlfriend, and then also was, like, hitting on Hannah Montana. So, like, these 14-year-olds are really getting around on this show. Yeah, it's a little much. Um, yeah, so, uh, but Miley is very mad that Jake has to pretend to date his co-star, Marissa. Honestly, granted, I, I accept that this whole thing is bonkers and, like, shouldn't be happening, but within the Hannah Montana universe, she knows that this is a routine thing that Jake's management forces him to do because, like, the last time she saw him, it was the same deal. So I don't know why she's so upset over this when, like, clearly he's being pushed into it by his weird manager or whatever. Or it's, like, in his contract for the movie or something. Who knows? But if I were Miley, I, like, personally wouldn't take offense at that. Like, I'd be like, okay, I get it. It's work. I'm also a pop star. I know how this goes. I had to pretend to date my brother for a few weeks a couple months ago, you know? So, like, I don't think this would be the deal breaker. But it is for her. And she says that he's the same jerk he was six months ago, except now he's a jerk with a headache. And she picks up this giant, like, stick of salami. It's like a summer sausage. Yeah, and, like, smacks him in the helmet so that it, like, (laughs) rings in his ears. And I actually do think that's pretty funny. But, yeah. So the next scene, it's the night of Jake's premiere, which I guess is the same night. (laughs) But now we're actually at that night. Uh, Jake's movie, as you mentioned earlier is called Teen Gladiators and the Sword of Fire. And the poster for it, which we see a couple times, is the most, like, somebody made it in Microsoft Word. It's just, like, the name of the movie in impact font with, like, something, like, fire in the background. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so Jake and his co-star Marissa are doing a red carpet interview. And a little fun fact, the guy who's doing the interview was also 
the announcer on the Singing with the Stars show uh, from season one, from Idol Side of Me. That guy. He was, like, very mean in that episode. He's more, like, a menace in this one. <laughs> he's, like, uh, drama-hungry. I don't know. He, he likes to stir the pot, <laughs> I guess. So Robbie Ray and Miley and Lily are watching this all on TV. Robbie Ray and Lily are eating the steaks that they were so excited about. Uh, Miley doesn't appreciate that. She's like, that's the steak he drove through my heart. And I'm like, wrong kind of steak, but fun pun, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so Robbie Ray is then like, if Jake's choosing this other girl over you, he has no taste. I'm like, you're an entertainment manager. Like, <laughs> you know that this is fake. You made your daughter fake date your son. <laughs> I keep bringing that up because I keep thinking about it in this episode. It's like so wild. I guess he didn't make them date each other, but they got themselves into a situation where people thought that they were dating and Robbie Ray was like, figure it out amongst yourselves <laughs> instead of being like, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like, okay, man, you know that he's not actually making a choice in the situation though. Miley's the one who's making a choice. She's choosing to say, I can't look past this. Jake is like, I'm doing what I have to do. But then what happens is uh, the reporter asked Jake how he knew that Marissa was, like, special or whatever. Um, or does he say that you were in love? Which is, like, so presumptuous. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's very weird. It's inappropriate. It is inappropriate. But so Jake makes a slip, and he's like, oh, well, it was the first time I looked into Miley's eyes, and uh, I wrote in my notes, Ross Geller found shaking. <laughs> That's the other thing that reminded me of Also, the girl's really offended, and it's like, it's not real. Yeah, it's not real. Maybe she, like, won't get paid as much for the appearance. I don't know. I don't know how the contracts work. I would love to know more about how the contracts within the HMU work, because they seem bonkers. So, yeah, she's, like, all offended, and then Jake is like, okay, well, I accidentally took the first step towards doing this. So he just says to the reporter on television, I'm in love with a girl named Miley Stewart. And it's like a big moment. <laughs> That's a lot to put on a private individual. Yes. On TV. I agree. Also, wouldn't everyone find out who she is and be like, That's Hannah Montana. <laughs> so, yeah, I was kind of thinking about this too. It's one thing when it's just like the kids at Miley's school not figuring it out. Uh, it's another when, like, everyone on Earth has the opportunity to figure it out. Because it's not that hard to figure it out. And I know we've discussed on this show at length that there are so many doppelgangers in this that people just turn a blind eye. But I think even more so in the second part coming up, uh, I, I find it very hard to believe that nobody cracked the code on this one. But yeah, and so as far as Jake knows, Miley's just like an ordinary person and he's just said her name on television and he's a very big star and yeah, it raises some concerns, but Miley doesn't care about any of that. She just heard what she wanted to hear and is incredibly happy. She's like rewinding the tape over and over again. And then she like goes to meet Jake after the premiere. He's like still at the venue and he exits 
And Miley's like, hey, and then she walks to him. And then there's this shot of her where she's walking toward the camera and it's so clear they've got like a giant box fan pointed at her face because her hair is like blowing behind her when she's just walking at a leisurely pace. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she and Jake kiss, the paparazzi capture it, and the next day they're on the cover of like an entertainment magazine. The entertainment magazine is called The National Inquiry. And yeah, in my notes I wrote, this cannot be good for the Hannah secret. So Lily's like, your life's gonna change because of this. And Miley's like, what? No, it's not. And I'm like, are you stupid? <laughs> or did you honestly think nothing will change now that your, like, essentially secret identity was just, like, plastered all over newspapers? And TV? It's just purely logistical. How are you gonna date a famous person... When you're a famous person, but strictly within your non-famous alter ego. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of what comes up. Someone's at the door. It's Ashley of Amber and Ashley. And then a few minutes later, it's also Amber of Amber and Ashley. And they, like, start fighting over who's going to be Miley's new best friend. And I'm like, aren't you guys best friends? Why aren't you, like, teaming up to make Miley the third in your little mini click? Uh, they weren't very good at it. No. They were pretty transparent. Yeah, it... <laughs> they weren't very convincing. I don't... I, it wasn't going to work anyway, because Miley hates them. But still, not a very strong effort on Amber and Ashley's parts. The next scene is Jake and Miley are on a date. They are what... Well, for starters, it's clearly the same set as the rest of the beach scenes. Whether or not it's supposed to be that space or not is, I guess, up to interpretation. Uh, um, it's clearly the same space. Yeah. But there's no one there. And they've, like, taken, like, strings of Christmas lights and, like, laid them out all across, like, the whole area. Yeah, I guess there's a public outlet handy. I guess. <laughs> but no people. <laughs> there's, like, a generator around the corner. Yeah, there you, there you go. Uh, so Jake and Miley are, like, on a blanket at the beach, and they're, like, looking up at the stars. And uh, and I'm, like, it's not like the beach closes at a certain time. It's not like this is the mall. <laughs> like, like, there would still be people on the beach, right? Uh. But uh, Jake tells Miley that he named a star after her, and I was, like, okay, cool, whatever. And Jake is like, I feel so close to you, Miley. I don't want there to be any secrets between us. And he reveals that his real first name is Leslie. And Miley doesn't believe him at first. She thinks it must be a different thing. But it's actually that, that his name is Leslie. Yeah. <laughs> Thoughts on the Leslie reveal? No. <laughs> See you, Ned. There's not, not much to it. Miley is... Very happy that Jake trusts her, but then he keeps hammering home how great it is that now there are no secrets between them, and Miley is like, oh, wait, I'm a pop star, and he doesn't know that, <laughs> and he, you know, he keeps stressing that there are no secrets, but she is like, okay, I have to make a choice now. Um, they go back to Miley's house, and they're, like, wanting to kiss goodnight at the door, and my issue with this is they were just alone unsupervised for God knows how long. 
They could have kissed as much no, as they nonsense. wanted. Yeah, they're out alone at night. They could have been making out for hours on the beach. Yeah. And with, like, no supervision, no one to tell them no. I don't know why they're, like, now, like, well, we have to kiss goodnight, but your dad is here. Like, you were just alone. Just just walk ten feet away, <laughs> kiss, and then come back. But Robbie Ray's sitting on the porch, and he's reading a newspaper, and, uh... And he makes a joke that you actually really enjoyed. Was that, like, your favorite joke of the episode, or was, like, a different one better? The family circus joke? Yeah. That was a good joke, but no, the joke from when she's with the kindergartners <laughs> is way better. Okay, so Robbie Ray makes a joke that he's going to read family circus, which will take him about two seconds. So that gives Miley and Jake their privacy, and he pulls the newspaper up and goes, One, two, good night, Jake! <laughs> out of you. <laughs> yeah, because of the family circus reference. I thought that was funny. You know, the last time you were on, didn't Robbie Ray, like, make a joke about Marmaduke? Yes. <laughs> yes, he did. What an interesting little through line. <laughs> he just loves his uh, single panel uh, baby boomer comment. <laughs> That's true. So Jake leaves. Miley confesses to her dad that she doesn't know what to do about Jake, and he's just like, tell him, or don't tell him. I really couldn't give a rat's ass. <laughs> doesn't say that, but that's, that's essentially it. It's like, you're on your own with this, even though he's the manager of this whole enterprise, and I, I would think would have some advice. Wouldn't have pretty serious consequences for all of their lives if she did give up her, like, secret persona? I agree. Yeah. And, like I said, he... There's no logic in this episode. No. Things just happen. Yeah. But so, yeah, he's like, no help. He's just like, whatever. And Miley's like, but I can't keep doing this because I had to lie to him to say I can't see him tomorrow because I agreed to read to second graders as Hannah. And so the next scene we get is of Hannah reading to this class of second graders. <laughs> you noted that there's a poster on the classroom wall that says reading with the stars. As if that's, like, a common thing that schools do. Um, maybe it's just, like, a Southern California thing, because they're everywhere. I don't know. It wasn't, like, for publicity. There were no cameras. That's it's true. It's like you go to this tiny classroom and read them a book. Mm-hmm. Seems a little weird. I agree. I also think Hannah is a weird choice for this, because if it was just reading books to kids, fine. That's one thing. However, Hannah reads a book that's about the importance of honesty. Is it... Trudy is the name of the turtle? Yeah. Trudy, the, the truthful, truthful turtle. Yeah. <laughs> it's very on the nose. Yes. Uh, the whole thing is very on the nose. So then after she finishes reading it, the teacher's like, now kids, do you have any questions about honesty for Miss Montana? And I'm like, what? <laughs> for this teen pop star? Why would you ask a 14-year-old to teach your second graders about honesty? In what world could she have good tips for them? It just, it didn't line up at all. No, it did have the best joke of the episode, which is she's trying to convince the kids that little white lies are okay. And she says, you know, your parents tell you you could all be president, but the odds are none of you will be president. And they all cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the best joke I've seen on the show ever. Yeah, it. this whole sequence, albeit very unrealistic, was incredibly funny. 
uh, definitely very good because yeah, the, the kids are like, Hannah, have you ever told a lie? And uh, they all call her out for being a liar and she tries to justify it. And she's like, well, Superman has a secret identity and, but you know, it doesn't mean he doesn't care about people. And they were like, Superman's a liar. <laughs> it's like, did no one tell you guys the deal about Superman? That's his thing. His it it is. It's like his entire this thing. This is new information to you kids. <laughs> You're emotionally attached to Superman, but you don't know a damn thing about him. <laughs> I, I also think it's worth noting, like, Miley is clearly taking this as like, you know, I sh I can't lie to Jake. Lying is bad, and I'm like the the act of you coming to this school dressed as Hannah Montana and going by that name is a lie. That doesn't bother you. So why does any of the rest of this bother you? <laughs> I because you have feelings for him and you don't have feelings for these kids. I I mean, it's kind of the same thing. By these kids' logic, anyway. I mean, it's not exactly a philosophy class we're getting here. Well, no. <laughs> so, in conclusion, the last scene of the A-plot that we get, Miley and Jake are back on the beach. This time, just explicitly in front of, like, the surf shack and, like, the changing rooms and everything. Apparently nobody's here, but why on earth wouldn't you do this at your house? They only have so many sets. Her house is a set they have? <laughs> I don't know. So, Miley's wearing a trench coat, and her hair is pulled back, and she's like, Jake, I have a secret that I didn't tell you, and he's like, you're not married, are you? I'm like, she's 14. <laughs> Can you stop? <laughs> what do you get a trench coat for, like, a skinny 14-year-old girl? <laughs> that should have been a tell right away. It's like, you guys buy some expensive clothes. <laughs> yeah. For a Southern California <laughs> beach family. So she pulls her wig out of like her inner pocket. And this, obviously they can't show the full process of her getting into a wig on yeah. camera. But it is cut in the fakest looking way. Yeah, she they, <laughs> they throw the wig halfway over her head and it cuts to her completely different. In a way that's like, oh, they, that takes a while to put on. Well, because it always drives me crazy on this show, and I get they're not trying to be accurate, but it always drives me crazy when she just rips the wig off and her hair is, like, normal underneath. Like, she'd be wearing a wig cap with, like, pins and stuff. She wouldn't just be able to rip it off and then put it back on and have it look normal and shiny. You need to brush it out. You gotta, you know, it's, it's a whole thing. But she turns away from Jake. Her hair is in this, like, long ponytail, because this is, like, the era of her having, like, a ton of extensions. She flips the wig on, and you can see that it only covers half of her hair. And then she turns around, and it's perfectly straight and aligned and on her face. And she opens the trench coat, and she's wearing her little Hannah outfit. And she's like, I'm Hannah Montana. And then it cuts to Jake, and it, like, zooms in on his, like, shocked face. And the zoom is so funny, because, like, it's like a four-camera sitcom. So they have these cameras just sitting there. They don't really move. Like, it almost felt like like a digital, like, in-post zoom. Oh, yeah? <laughs> or that they just, like, just, like, racked the zoom really fast. It was like, <laughs> we don't usually do this. We don't do it very often. <laughs> and they would never do that on, like, Friends. No. They would find some way to do it with, like, the framing of the shot. Mm -hmm. Or, I don't know. They just wouldn't. They were just lazy. They were like... <laughs> 
We need to convey emotion. Zoom! <laughs> yeah. Throw and, the camera at his face. And then the other way that they conveyed emotion was as it was doing the zoom on to Jake, the audience was like, <laughs> they, they made this huge shock noise, even though she'd been talking about doing this for like 15 minutes. Like they knew it was coming and they were still like, <gasps> and you laughed very loud at that yeah. whole experience. That was very funny. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for the, the quick cut to to be continued. Yes, it was then to be continued, and then a nice pause for me to yeah to chuckle. <laughs> the um the bumper for the episode is just all of the same clips from this episode of Jake and Miley, but set to the Hannah Montana song "One in a Million. and. I'm like, we literally just saw all of these moments. It's not like it's the greatest hits of their relationship. Like, like show some moments from the previous episodes he was on to, like, give a fuller picture of their story. But, no, they were like, you just saw this, but you're going to see it again. So, that's the A plot. So, talking about the B plot, of course, is cheese jerky. Uh, but we start it with Jackson working at Rico's. And this surfer girl walks up, and you yelled when you saw who it was. <laughs> it's Vicky from The Good Place. It's Vicky from The Good Place. I don't know that actress's name. I wrote it down. Her name is Tia Surkhart. I'm probably not saying that right, but that's her name. She was Vicky on The Good Place. I was very surprised when I saw it was her. I like had to like triple check on IMDb. I was like, no, but it must be her. But wait... So yeah, I, I knew you would be surprised to see that, which you were. <laughs> and uh, Jackson immediately starts flirting with her. Although to be fair, she's also flirting with him in like a very weird, overt way. She's like, I'm so hot. <laughs> it was funny. It was the same energy as her Good Place character, where she's being like <laughs> overly theatrical. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So uh, she wants to buy a bottle of water, but Rico has evidently increased the price of a bottle of water to $3. She only has a dollar, and Jackson's like, I'll give you the employee discount. I'll take it for a dollar. And then immediately her, like, surfboard cover unzips, and Rico pops out and laughs maniacally, and then fires Jackson on the spot. Which was funny to me, because I didn't actually know who Rico was. Yeah, I don't think you've ever seen Rico so before. So I just see this, like, ratty child pop out. <laughs> The best performance of the episode goes to this, like, 10-year-old who kind of looks like a rat. He kind of does. I think they make him look like a rat a little bit, too. He acts like a rat. He's really good. He's very funny. But also, you could just fire him whenever you want. California is an at-will employment state. You don't need to, like trick your own employee into getting fired. You can just do it. Also, Jackson's been fired like five times from the surf shack. So part of the dynamic between Jackson and Rico is like Rico just likes to fuck with Jackson and like mess around. And like he likes to have somebody to mess with. He's like a very weird kid. Um, I did think it was really funny that when he showed up, you were like, who's that? <laughs> because he's like one of the main characters. <laughs> he's in the intro. It's like, how does the child own the place? And also, how is it named after him? His uh, parents are wealthy. His dad is like a very rich businessman. I don't think we ever see him. But to like give his weirdo genius psychopath kid something to do 
he, like, made him the manager of this surf shack. And so his only employee is Jackson, but... <laughs> like, the idea of this, like, 10-year-old, like, hiring a graphic designer to produce a logo. <laughs> yeah. Because it's named after him. I, I mean, I have, I have a hat that uh, Courtney gave me that has the logo for Rico's on it. Uh, That's right. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm excited to talk to you about this B-plot, because you are well-versed in business. You have a degree. I suppose. You run some local businesses. I guess. What do you mean you guess? I, I do. I do. <laughs> so I... The plot of this basically is that Rico fires Jackson and then puts the idea in Jackson's head that he should start his own uh, competing surf shack uh, that is reasonably priced. And there's this whole bit where like Rico's like, you should name it IHOF, International House of Failure. And Jackson's like, actually... I'm going to name it International House of Reasonably Priced Water and Fries and Stuff, a.k.a. I Horp Waffles, which I remembered that joke very well from my childhood, because <laughs> it sounds funny. <laughs> we, the next day or two days or whatever, Jackson has set up, I mean, it's not, you can't even call it a shack. It's like a stand. It's like a lemonade stand, yeah. except it looks really janky. It's like Lucy's psychiatrist stand. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and he's, like, painted on the front of it. Um, and all he's selling are, like, Mylar balloons, uh, mayonnaise that's gone bad. Like, just absolute nothing. But for some reason, he has a pot of nacho cheese, which I'm like, where did you get that? And they later say that... It's Robbie Ray's, and I'm like, he let you bring this whole pot of nacho cheese to just sit on the beach because no one's gonna just buy it. Like it's, it's very weird. But Oliver arrives, and I forget how it gets knocked down, but Jackson like, you know, slams his hand on the counter or something, and the whole thing falls apart. And in the process. Oliver's mom's homemade jerky, which he had with him to go take to her, like, police station, falls, and the nacho cheese gets all over it. And Jackson's like, you ruined the cheese! And Oliver's like, you ruined the jerky! I'm like, it's on the ground. It's just ruined by being on the ground. But then, um, Todd comes over. Uh, Todd was apparently in two other episodes before this. I don't remember him from those. I did remember him in this, uh, but I guess he's in two more down the line. Doesn't really matter. But um, he tastes the jerky or the cheese jerky and loves it. And then Jackson and Oliver, like, share a little look and, like, a nod. And then the next thing we get is them with, like, a new shack. Well, it's still really a stand. But it's Jackson and Oliver's cheese jerky. And they have this whole little, like, rap song. <laughs> Which I found intolerable. Just unwatchable. <laughs> it's also where I made my note about bad boy hair. Yeah, it's all bad. The friend character, what's his name? Oliver? Yeah. His hair is the worst. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, that was not in style ever, not even at the time. That's a bold statement. Not looking like that. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh,. It immediately attracts customers, and Rico is very mad that they are attracting all of the beach's business to their shack. And that's actually the last we get 
of the B plot in this episode. There's a lot more of it in part two. Um, so I'll look forward to getting your take on how things go with their business. I assume Rico's going to try and steal the cheese jerky, mm -hmm. which is not, you can't patent cheese and jerky. <laughs> he could just steal it right then. Yeah. I guess it's like proprietary jerky. It is like homemade jerky that like Oliver's mom made. So maybe she has like a secret recipe or something. And But they also seem to have many different flavors of cheese. It didn't look like it, but in the song... They were like, we've got mozzarella and gouda and, like, the classic cheddar and stuff. So, Robbie Ray must be slaving away making nacho cheese. Are these A and B plots going to intersect? No. They're just, there's just going to be this very serious high-stakes A plot and then a B plot about cheese jerky. Yes. That's fine. <laughs> I'm excited for more Rico. That's pretty much all I'm excited for. <laughs> well, uh, there's definitely more Rico. Uh, so... That's kind of all of it. Could I get some like predictions from you? Like, what do you, where do you think things are gonna go for both the A and B plot from here? Because like a pretty big thing just happened in the A plot. It, this is the first time Miley's revealed her secret since episode two of the series. Well, I gotta keep the show going, so presumably she's not gonna like change her whole life. I guess I don't know what's gonna happen. I assume it'll fall apart in some way for some contrived reason. Mm hmm. That's just my take. In the B-plot, Rico will get the cheese jerky, but at too great a cost. <laughs> okay. That's my prediction. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, have, he'll have what he wants, but he won't be happy. Yeah, there you go. That's my take. Okay. I'm going with formula on this one. Sounds good. Well, we'll... That's the safe bet here. <laughs> <laughs> We'll find out very soon. You'll find out very soon. I already know what happens. Um, was there anything that we didn't touch on that you would like to share? Is there anything left in your notes that we didn't get to? No, that's pretty much it. I just have a lot about bad haircuts and bad acting. <laughs> I liked the bit with the kids, even though everything in it was contrived and dumb and unrealistic because there were actual jokes that weren't just like... Funny face. Yeah, like there was a joke where just a guy makes a funny face at the camera. They did it like eight times. Oh, yeah, yeah. The reporter, right after Jake says that he's in love with Miley, he like puts his hands up to his face and he's like, ooh, and they replay that like five times. It's so obnoxious. It is. It didn't need to be there. No. <laughs> okay, well, that's Icky Jakey Heart Part 1. We're going to go watch Icky Jakey Heart Part 2, and then we're going to come back. Oh, boy. Uh, so get ready. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks so much to all of you for tuning into today's episode of Pumping Up the Podcast. I hope you'll join us next week, where Rick and I will be back talking all about Season 2, Episode 10 of Hannah Montana, Icky Jakey Heart Part 2. Uh, so join us for that next week. In the meantime, if you'd like to give us a follow, we're on Twitter at Pumping Up the Pod, Instagram at Pumping Up the Podcast, and I'm on Twitter at Lovely Lisi, Instagram at Actor Elise. Thanks so much to all of you for listening. See you next week, and until next time, keep on pumping up the party.